Uh, what's up, friends? Chad McMillan here, uh, the Mindful Ways uh, podcast. Uh, blessed to welcome John Sebastian Cornoyer with us today. Um, and a helicopter that seems to be off in the distance, but they seem to be rolling <laughs> by today. So we'll, we'll manage. It's yeah. uh, an act of midweek day, but we do uh, what we need to do and we need to do it, right? So, yeah. uh, uh, Jazz, great to have you here. Um, for those who are unaware, um, JS is a co-founder and partner of Real Ventures, which is an early stage uh, uh, venture capital firm helping support and finance um, early stage uh, ventures and, um, and entrepreneurs and bringing their, um, their visions and missions to life. Uh, very cool, not easy work. Uh, mm -hmm but valuable and important work right and um yeah. you've been doing this for for quite some time um cool also uh as i speak over this helicopter which makes me wonder if it's coming to get me i wonder if it's coming to get me these days i'll double check but uh we're good no problems there's a uh you know there's active stuff going on outside but um uh, but Look, we first connected. Hey, whatever's meant to be, we're in it. Uh, yeah. That's how it flows. So we first connected, uh, you and I, um, so people are aware, at uh, Burning Man, which yeah. forever has a piece of my heart. Uh, mm. Special, special space. And I see you taking a deep breath there, too, just like mm -hmm. breathing that magic in. Um, you know, we can drop into some of that and, and talk about why we feel that way uh, as well. Mm -hmm. Um, but we cross paths there, which um, has nothing to do with any of our professional kind of backgrounds or pursuits or anything like this. And when we first connected, we just really had no idea what we were about, either of us. And um, and so we enjoy that journey and we connect. Mm -hmm. And since um, have found that not only are we in sync um, I think on these personal journeys of like growth and transformation and awareness, but we also have some of these other, you know, um, interesting, uh, mutually aware worlds that we're, that we're both in, which is cool. As I was saying to you before mm -hmm. we jumped on. Yeah. Cause I always like to reinforce it that uh, for those who know my journey, um, sometimes it can feel like quite a solo, uh, mm -hmm. you know, path and yeah. um, a lot of, staring up at the sky or staring out into the you know horizon <laughs> of those reflections of like mm -hmm. you know anyone else know what i'm talking about today <laughs> you know what i mean yeah. but but you uh certainly seem to be one of those who do and um and also have been applying that and this work and this awareness of yours into you know your professional uh, pursuits and um yeah and mission and purpose so uh all of that said super cool to have you on because i'd love to see where this goes for us today uh, yeah. i know that when we just open these topics up uh all kinds of magic starts to just show up and meet us here and um we were having a great catch-up the other day and we just started dropping right <laughs> into it yeah. and i went oh this can go <laughs> and also you know there's so many people out there that i know approach me and i'm curious how they approach you as well uh interested in learning more about like you know these ideas and philosophies and things like this so mm -hmm. um 
so welcome. Well, thank you. I'm I'm grateful to be here. It's um, it's interesting. Like ever since I had my um, my transformation or the the first step of becoming aware of my being, of myself, I um, I've been asked to go on a couple of podcasts, and I I actually did record a couple of them, and then a week later. I felt like these podcasts did not represent mm. where I thought I was um, a few weeks later, right? So um, I decided not to have any of them published. And, mm. and I, I think this is the first time where I feel, I feel like I'm ready to, to speak about the journey and the, the learnings and with, um, like in public, I do it every single day in every interaction that I have with every person that I talk to, but these are usually one-on-ones or small groups, mm -hmm. um, but I've, I've never really done it speaking to an audience that's not with me that I can't see and feel mm -hmm. uh, in that moment. So I'm actually looking forward to this. This is a first for me, so it's exciting. Well, I hope we, um do this justice then no pressure <laughs> yeah no pressure whatsoever you know no pressure I mean, but i appreciate that and i think um i think that comes from a place of a kind of a past awareness or vision of the culture in its form i think when we find ourselves in the, in the work that we do um mm -hmm. in finance and startups and you know in uh entrepreneurship banking i think there's like there's a vision of what that should look like if you drew that on, you know, yeah. on a piece of paper. Um, and then I think there's like an evolutionary vision as you're in it. And as you yes. learn, as you learn to look after yourself more going through it um, and growing, I think in the strength of what's possible with it, these are things that I've found on the journey. So yes. it's normal um i would suggest to feel like the environment needs to be comfortable enough to even start talking about some of these topics because the work you're doing and referring to um very progressive mm -hmm. albeit very ancient right it's uh you know that's the <laughs> like that that's the the contradiction isn't it these are like historical ancient techniques and similar and like yes. levels of awareness that you're applying to kind of modern you know visionary and kind of luminary practice uh which is cool so let's drop into some of that um without teasing mm -hmm. everybody for too long <laughs> about yeah. you know what we're referring to i mean um you have embarked on this transformation uh, for yourself and um you're you're suggesting the other day lots of uh, uh meditation and lots of kind of self-love work and lots of uh mm -hmm. you know um, conscious guidance of you know emerging leaders and things like that so maybe you could kind of share a bit of your journey of you know where you were how you got started and yeah. um the work you do and then how this has kind of evolved along your way and, and what it what it looks like. 
yeah. Uh, so to me, like my life story is that I basically at a very, I was a very um, sensitive kid. And I, I know this because of the interactions that I had with my mom, you know, mm. looking back and, and getting her to describe who I was. And, you know, and a lot of my childhood memories are me being at the hospital because I, I had deep asthma and a lot of that stuff as a kid, very young kid. Mm. And for whatever reason, and I don't know exactly why this happened, but I started shutting down to the outside world and I started building a, an armor around my heart and to the point where I, you know, I completely disconnected from it. And I created a life throughout my life in my mind. Mm. So I made constructs of everything that a human being is supposed to be and supposed to feel and, and right. So, so love to me was a construct, right? So you behave a certain way when you want to be loved and when you want to show someone love. Mm-hmm. But I, I didn't feel it per se. Mm-hmm. Now, I didn't know that you were supposed to feel it necessarily mm-hmm. because I was living in my mind. And so, so that's how I spend most of my life. And now I have a wife and five kids. Like I got married at 20, 22 and I have a 23-year-old. I was 23 when I had my son. So, mm. um, you know, there were moments in time where I did feel things, but not to the extent that I feel them now. And, and the, there were a few, a few moments in my life where I, I, I experienced extreme, um, I would say extreme stress or extreme difficulties. Uh, like when I, I um, uh, in my mid twenties, I was an entrepreneur I built a couple of companies that both failed and, and those were like major failures for me. And at the time I, I had not had these types of failures in my life. That was quite hard for me, but really like ultimately after having checked all the boxes that I had set initially as being, you know, if, JS, if you check all these boxes, then you should be happy, mm. right? You should be content. After checking all the boxes, a year into it, I realized that I wasn't, and I still felt empty. Like, and I, I, there was something missing. And, and then the realization was, well, look, if, if you feel this way and you're just realizing it, then that means there's no one in your life that knows. So you don't really have any real friends. You know, the mm-hmm. people you have are relationships, but you haven't really been true to them. So, maybe that's the thing. Like you need to start being authentic. Mm. And, um, but the, the idea of being open and authentic with the people closest to me was something that I, I struggled with because of all, everything I would have to unpack mm-hmm. if I was to do that. So I started being open and authentic with strangers. So that's about 10 years ago. Mm. And, um, and that's when my life started to change. And because um, and that's actually how I ended up going to Burning Man because through that journey of being open and authentic with people, you know, and it started with, you know, you're having a business meeting and the person says, how are you? And instead of saying, I'm good, I would say, you know what, like I'm not doing so well this morning. 
So that gives, that opens the door for the person to step in and say, really, what, what's wrong? What happened? Mm-hmm. And, and a lot of times that would happen. And then I would say, oh, you know, I picked a fight with my, my daughter this morning and I feel like I'm a bad dad. Mm-hmm. And, and that creates, like that starts creating this safe place, authentic space for people to share with me as I was sharing with them. Mm-hmm. And um, I realized that I had, um, I was good at that. Like people would open up to me and I, I was able to build a lot of meaningful relationships with people based on a 30 minute or even an hour, sometimes an hour conversation. Uh, and I, um, and that led me on the path to start opening up. Um, mm. Now the, the, the difficulty with that and the friction that happened is because I wasn't aware of myself, I, I had no concept of self-awareness. I built a construct or my ego built a construct around JS, the authentic and compassionate and compassionate person. Mm. And I started to use that construct to you to judge everyone in my life that I couldn't connect with, which was basically all the people closest to me and, and all the people that I wasn't authentic with, of mm. course. Right. Right. Um, right. So, so, so basically my life started to become like me seeking love and authenticity and compassion through new relationships and worsening my relationships with everyone close to me. Mm. So, so it made my life hell. Like it was, it was so bad. Mm. Um, And then at some point um, about three years ago, as I was about to go to my first burning man, so it was four years ago. um, I, I was ready to blow the whole thing up. So I was ready to, to break up my firm, leave my firm. I was ready to blow up my marriage and just start over. Mm. And, um, and uh, I, I had been wanting to go to Burning Man for a few years, like a friend, basically a new friend, stranger, at a meeting, uh, at a cocktail party, uh, five minutes into the conversation, he said to me, JS, have you been to Burning Man? I said, what's Burning Man? I didn't, I didn't know what it was. And he said, well, you should go because you communicate like you're a burner. Um, and, and that's the, the authenticity and the vulnerability that I brought to the interaction mm-hmm. from the get-go, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, which is to me the, a big part of what Burning Man is, is you know, people shed the, their ego, they shed the stories and they show up as themselves with much more vulnerability and, uh, and less fear about being judged. Uh, and, and the burn creates that environment, which uh, creates the opportunity for much deeper uh, relationships and interactions. So um, through, uh, you know, serendipity, really, I, I saw a month before the burn, I saw a good friend of mine. And I, I you know, I told him how I, I really wanted to, to go to the burn this year, but I couldn't find tickets. And he said, oh, I, I have extra tickets and places at my camp. Do you want to come? So I, I ended up going and, and I would say, I would, I would look at that first burn as really the first, um, the first true moment of my spiritual journey. I didn't realize it at the time. I didn't realize that this was a hard opening experience, mm-hmm. but it cracked me open. And, 
I, and you know, the, the, I still see the people that I did this with and they keep reminding me about how joyful I was right. uh, in that time. Right. And I'm only starting now to tap into that joy again. You know, like I, I have these moments of joy now that um, like happened to me that, that resemble what I experience in that, in that moment. So that was the first, so that this, the first heart opening, uh, although it wasn't a conscious heart opening. And then the, the other thing that, that was meaningful for me uh, was some wise soul asked me what my purpose was. And I was like, I don't know. Like, what do you mean purpose? Like he said, well, like, why are you here? Like, what's the, your reason for being here on this planet? Like, why are you here in this, like, in this life, in this body? And I was like, I don't know. Like, how do I find my purpose? Mm-hmm. And, um, and he said to me, he said, you find your purpose in the moments in your life when you feel at peace, when you feel joy, when you feel alive, when you feel creative, when you feel abundant, when you feel true, when you feel compassion, when you feel in harmony with your environment. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, um, there are moments. I, I, I mean, I don't have that many, but I mm-hmm. do have moments in my life where I felt this way. So he said, mm-hmm. like, go, like, go study those. And whatever you're like, whatever is happening, uh, you know, the people you're with, the way the thing is happening, like, that will give you a lot of, um, this will, will, uh, show you the path to your purpose. I was like, okay, so I'm going to do that. So I came back from that burn and instead of blowing up my life, I was like, you know what? I'm going to double down. I'm going to, I'm going to be better and I'm going to try to make it work with my wife. I'm going to, I'm going to try to make it work with my partners. And so, so I kept at it and I, um, things did not get better in my mm-hmm. life, but I, I had an idea of what my purpose was and, um, and really like the, uh, I'm, I'm going to try to remember the exact words, but, but like basically the essence of it was I want that through every interaction that I have with another human being, they get from that interaction, what they need to advance on their journey, mm. whatever their journey is. So, so, so that, so that was the, because like the, the best moments I had in my life were the moments where I was holding space for other people. And I, 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 for whatever reason, I was saying the things that they needed to hear, Mm -hmm. not necessarily knowing where that was coming from, but, but basically I had what they needed. Mm -hmm. And, um, but that gave me the understanding. Once I, I, I could pinpoint the purpose, I was like, well, I know that I am not that with all the people I care the most about, like all the people closest to me, the people at work, my family, um, like my wife, my kids, my parents, my brothers, some of my closest friends, like I am not that for them. And I don't know why. Mm. So um, I went back to the burn and that's where we met. So we met at that burn and I went with an intention and my intention was to find a solution to this dilemma. So 
why can I be this amazing human being with strangers and, or people that I haven't lo- lo- uh, known for a long time, but I cannot be with the people that, that I spend the most time with in my life. And I, I said, I'm going to surrender completely to, to the, the playa and, and, and I'm going to be like, basically I want to, I want to be provided people that need me, meaning where I can realize my purpose with them. Mm-hmm. I want people who can give me wisdom in figuring out this dilemma, this question that I have in my mind that I've had the solution for. Um, and I'm going to be radically authentic and I'm going to go on any adventure that is being suggested to me that is anchored in that, in that principle. And um, even, even if it's something I don't believe in at all. Right. So, mm-hmm. so, um, and then at the, at that burn. Um, so, so I started doing that and it was magical. Like, I had dozens and dozens of interactions that were so deep and meaningful where like people would share their, their secrets with me and they had wisdom for me that was meaningful about Mm. my interactions with my wife and my partners and my kids. And like, it was, it was this wonderful thing. And like, and like people kept telling me how open I was and how like some people, like I didn't believe in any of that stuff at the time. Like people were saying how uh, I had this white aura and like, um, but it was all reinforcing this behavior of, you know, dude, like if you're, if you're going to be authentic and vulnerable, mm-hmm. then you're, you're going to get what you want. And, um, and then one morning, this beautiful couple came to me and I, I, was, uh, I was just coming back from sunrise. I had not slept, but they came to me and they said, we're going to this camp, uh, and I can't remember the name, um, but it was, it, it's a camp anchored in um, indigenous um, spirituality. Mm. And um, we're going to go talk to the, grand, the great spirit. So I was like, okay, that's interesting. Mm. I don't believe in that, but, you know, it's, it's a great suggestion and it's an alignment. So I'll go with you. And basically what, what this was is you show up and you stand in front of a room that has I don't know, maybe 40 people in pairs and they stand up and then they pick you. Like one of them will stand up and pick you and you go with them and they channel the grand spirit. So Mm. they channel some higher self and they communicate with you. And um, through that interaction, I was asked to share what my biggest issue was. And so I shared this, uh, this dilemma with them. And, um, and then the, um, the grand spirit asked me a question. So it, so, and the question was, if love could be brought into your life, would you stay in this life or would you start over? And, um, and that was a big question for me because I was still thinking in the back of my mind, like I, maybe I should just start over in December of, of that year. So that that's 2018. That's when I started meditating, you know, after mm-hmm. a dozen people told me I should start meditating. I, I did. And, mm-hmm. you know, at first it was 15 minutes and then it was 30 minutes and then it was an hour and then it was two hours. And then it was like as much as I can, as mm-hmm. much as I can afford to put in my schedule, because what meditation did for me 
is it it started like the, the first thing that it did for me is is help me be in this place of equanimity where there is no craving, there is no aversion. So where I'm observing, where I can observe myself, mm. right? So this voice in, in, you know, the voices we have in our heads and in all the thoughts and like yeah. th there was some identification that I had with, with these things. You know, JS is this, JS is that. Mm. My relationship with this person, I believe this, I don't believe that. I I'm craving for pizza, like all of this stuff, all of these thoughts. Mm -hmm. And meditation allowed me to separate my, my core experience to that. So I could now observe that. So at first it was observing the sensations of the breath coming in and out of my nostrils, mm -hmm. you know, the sensations that it makes. And then at, while keeping, uh, keeping in the awareness there, so being conscious of everything else, but focusing on the breath, and then at some point, as I was focusing on the breath, I could see the thoughts and they were just there and they, was, they were flowing. And by not attaching my attention to them, they would just go away. And I was like, mm. wow, that's magic. Like, I am not my thoughts. Right. And then at some you, point. You could consider them. You could consider them and then, you know, well, and, release and that, them or. Yeah, you know, like you, you can inventory them or whatever, right? It's it's a, like it's like watching TV, like it's yeah. there, but but it's like a flow of stuff, and and at the beginning, I, I you know like I wasn't necessarily trying to make sense of it, but it it was more like wow, I am not that. So if I'm not that, mm -hmm. like if I'm not my physical sensations because I can observe them, and I'm not my thoughts because I can observe them, then what am I? Mm -hmm. And, and that, that practice slowly, uh, like as, as a, my concentration deepened and I could hold the breath for long periods, um, the book I was using to, to learn meditation, uh, it was called The Mind Illuminated. They say in that book that once you have enough concentration, you can expand the object of attention, which to me was the breath initially, to your entire awareness. So everything that is in, so everything you hear, everything you feel, whether it's an emotion or whether it's just a sensation of your body on the floor, um, like all of it can become what you focus your attention on. Mm -hmm. And when I was able to make that shift, then I realized that I could meditate in the world. And that meditation was just a different form of being. Like it, 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 you don't meditate like you go and play hockey you can actually be in a meditative state all the time. And that's called mm -hmm. presence. You know, people mm -hmm. call it presence. People call it awareness. Um, I mean, other people call it love like, like, or spirit. Or there's a lot of different words. But mm -hmm. ultimately what it is, is it's experiencing the world from a place of equanimity mm -hmm. where you are not being drawn by the whims of what's happening. And, and you can see more clearly what's happening. And so I started meditating, watching TV while I was driving, in meetings, sometimes when I didn't have to speak, like in all kinds of situations. And to the point where at some point I started meditating, when I, even when I was speaking. So I was trying to stay in that place of observation as I was speaking. Mm. And... and um, I, and I learned a lot 
doing that. And, and that is still like how I, I try to be. And basically what happens when you are in that meditative state as you speak is that you're just channeling, like you become a channel, like, like the stuff that comes out, you, don't, you haven't prepared for it. You, you don't think about it. It just flows and right. you hear yourself speak. And, and I learned a lot of things through that, through that process, but that like starting to meditate, that really changed my life because with the meditation, it, it, it you know, I, I, I was starting to become aware of myself and the patterns. Mm -hmm. So I was aware of the patterns that were showing up in my life and creating suffering for myself and others. Right. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I did a meditation retreat in May of 2019. I, I did a Vipassana retreat, uh, the, uh, the Goenka type retreats that I, I recommend to everyone because, um, like most people that do the 10 day retreat, they have not meditated before. Mm -hmm. So, but they come out of the, they come out of the, the, the 10 day with a, what I call awareness practice. So, the, the, you start with the breath and then they expand the breath. And then at some point you do body scans and, and from that place of being able to do a body scan, meaning you can feel every inch of your body at all times, you can take that into the world and that, mm. that, that sinks you into presence. And then the rest of the journey is just to deepen that presence, mm -hmm. right? You don't need to do anything else, but to deepen that presence. And, uh, but, but what, what this, um, so in that retreat for me, what was great is I was able to experience some of these higher states of consciousness through meditation. So that, you know, the third eye opened and I was seeing all these visions of these other worlds and other lives. And, you know, who knows, who knows what they meant. Um, but I knew from, from that moment that the, you know, the psychedelic journey was just a way to open a door to see something. Right. And it was meant as an inspiration to do the work. Right. You know? Um, yeah. Uh, and, and um, so, 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 you know, the, from there, from that place of, you know, really increasing self-awareness and seeing mm -hmm. myself, I, I started to realize that, my consciousness, so whatever I am conscious of right now, so you, this room, mm -hmm. um, my body, all of it is my world. Right. And this world is for me. And, 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 and for me, what I mean is, like, my experience is driven by an awareness, right? So... Um, like you, for example, you are aware of me. Mm -hmm. You are aware of the, the sounds that my voice make. Mm -hmm. You are also aware of your, the setting of your, of your room. So there's a, a place in you. There's something in you that is just aware. Mm -hmm. And that thing is not, a, is, is not necessarily aware of JS per se, but it's aware mm -hmm. of what is in the room without qualifying it. Right. So it won't say JS has blue eyes. It will just see it. Right. right? It just experiences it. So right. that place of awareness is, is the, you know, some people call awareness God. They call it, 
um, spirit, but like the, the, the way I, I, I look at awareness is awareness is like the fabric, right? It's like, it's, it's what the universe is in. Mm-hmm. So, so, so one example is that you could look at Play-Doh, right? So Play-Doh, basically you, you, you get some Play-Doh and you can create anything with it. The putty, yeah, the putty. The, you know what I mean? Yeah. The, 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 the putty, right? So putty, not the philosopher, yeah. Yeah, but but yeah, that I'm with so, you. so yeah so that putty like now it has it has limitations like the color that it has and and so so it 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 doesn't have unlimited things you can do but with the play though and and the, or the the putty and the, the um, its own limitations you can mm-hmm. create anything like you can create a dog with it mm-hmm. and then you can take create a cat with it mm-hmm. um, but ultimately it is still play doh it's still putty. Mm-hmm. So even if it's a dog, it's also putty. So the way I look at awareness is aware, awareness is like putty and the, and the universe is the dog that you create with it. Mm-hmm. And that is constantly changing, right? Mm-hmm. So that awareness at the center of my experience is the same awareness that is at the center of yours. Right. But there is a, there is a, a layer on top of it, which is the universe, but in the context of, of our lives, it's our mm-hmm. e- egoic mind, mm-hmm. right? So our egoic mind is the, the avatar that is, is shielding this awareness from knowing that it is awareness, mm. right? And that's the spiritual path. Yeah. So the spiritual path yeah. is for the awareness that is, is in each of us to mm-hmm. realize it is awareness. That's it. Mm-hmm. Just, just to show up and observe, basically, and and create from that, even I guess, create from that place of observation. Um, yes. Manifest from that place of observation. Exactly right. Mm-hmm. So, so it's to realize that we are the container of the universe. Right. So that the universe is a part of us. It's our creation. It's a manifestation of who we are. Mm-hmm. Right, like JS is a manifestation of awareness, mm-hmm. but I am not JS. Mm-hmm. And what and, and for me, meditation and as the deepening of it, that's what that's what it does for me. So it it creates a distance between JS. So the more of the patterns that I see that make up who like the, the, the JS, um, the JS identity, like JS mm-hmm. has a lot, you know, I, I speak in the third person, but like, I, I, yeah. I still, I still feel like I'm JS, but I, I just want to make the point. Right. There are a lot of identities there. There are a lot of beliefs. There are a lot of attachments. Right. And as I get, re- I, I, as I see them with awareness through meditation or, or in the world as well, once I see a pattern, then that pattern is no longer in my subconscious mm-hmm. and, and, and it's now, it's now um, part of my consciousness and it no longer creates friction for me. And, and, and once I've seen this pattern in myself, then I can, I, I see it in others as well. And it doesn't bother me. It doesn't trigger me anymore. So a big, a big mm-hmm. of the big patterns that I've realized, I realized for me is that I, um, I used to lie a lot. Mm. but 
mostly unconsciously. So lying, meaning, you know, I'm, I'm judging you right now in my mind, but I won't share it with you. Okay. Because I don't want to hurt your feelings, but I'm still judging you, right? So by judging you and not telling you, I'm lying to you. And I'm lying to you because I don't want you to judge me or I don't want you to feel bad. But right. you are feeling that judgment. Right. Right? Because a thought is the same as, as spoken words. Like it's just there. It's all energy. Right. So that's a lie. Right? Right. Now, some people lie in, like, in plain sight, like Donald Trump, for example. Like he just lies. Right. And he, he doesn't care. Right? So right. now people get offended by that. They look at him and they say, oh, my God, he's lying. And they get offended by it. But I, to me, when I look at Trump, like three years ago when he got elected, I, mm -hmm. I took issue with his lying. Right. Because I wasn't seeing that lying in myself. Right. And now that I see it in myself, I'm no longer triggered by it. Mm. Because to me, he's, he's, like, he's lying like every other human being. Like we're all lying as part of who we are because mm. we think of ourselves as human beings. But what we are ultimately is spiritual beings. Mm -hmm. So even that is a lie that, that original thought of I am human mm -hmm. is a lie as well. Hmm. Conversation that's being had right now with respect to what does it mean to be human? And, you know, are we alone in the universe and these types of things? And if we aren't, you know, are they human also? Things like this. This is a thread of conversation that I've picked yeah. up on that, that I've also found fascinating. But to touch on the Trump uh, world, um, where we alluded to the other day, um, an example of an amplified mirror. Yes. I would suggest, right? Yeah. Where it's so, triggering. Yeah. But then also... The opportunity to deliver a message that helps us you know reflect internally on ourselves and what patterns that may be similar that we could be embodying also i think that's an opportunity right yes. uh yeah so so that's a because, like because he's there till he isn't he's serving that role until he isn't you and i didn't particularly put him there but somehow He's placed there as source to do what, right? And, and what are we meant to learn by that? And uh, how do we grow through that is, uh, you know, is a question I, I ask myself and I've, you know, yeah. suggested we can ask of ourselves in these types of circumstances, right? Yeah, like to, to me, like I simplified it to um, like in the context of the, the self-realization path mm -hmm. to whatever I experience is friction in my consciousness. So in my bubble, whatever is friction and friction can be an emotion. It can be uh, a judgment or a blaming. Uh, it could be um, this desire to lie. Right. Would you qualify it as a discomfort? Yeah. It could come it up could as a, a discomfort, like inclusive of discomfort, but do you qualify it as a discomfort kind of, exclusively as an opportunity to identify it uh, when you talk of, of friction. Um, yeah, like 
to me, it's, it's every, anything that takes me out of peace. Fair. Okay. So, any, you know, so I, I, I try to be in that inner peace place. Yeah. And every time I'm triggered somehow, mm-hmm. then I know that there is something in me that I'm not aware of. Right. That is creating that experience for me in my outer consciousness. Mm-hmm. And I don't need to understand what it is. Mm-hmm. All I need to do is become aware of it and acknowledge it and then accept it. Right. So now accepting sometimes is hard, like accepting that I am a liar. Mm-hmm. That was hard for me to accept. Mm-hmm. But once I, I surrendered to it, then it healed. Right. Like I right. cried for hours because the, 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 the tension that, that, that karma that lived in my body that was attached to it was released. Mm-hmm. And I felt the sadness that comes with me lying is not honoring myself, right? Like, why do we lie? Like, we lie because we don't want to be judged, right? Mm-hmm. We're afraid to show ourselves. Mm-hmm. That's, why, that's why people lie. Mm-hmm. So, so every time I lied in my life, I, I did not love myself mm. enough to expose myself. And I, I created separation with myself. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of sadness there. Mm. Right. So, yeah. so being able to do that, and you know, and, and, and that's hard, like, especially with the people, some of the people closest to me that where I have a lot of triggers, like mm-hmm. I struggled sometimes to, to basically take responsibility for the friction mm-hmm. for, for, right. for the triggers. Right. I, I've done this hundreds of times and it is always the case for me that mm-hmm. when I'm triggered, it's because there is something in myself that I'm not seeing. Right. You know, so, so, so that has become a rule by which I, I live now. Mm-hmm. And I think that that rule, that rule is, is one of the most important rules, first principles of the spiritual path so that we don't get into the, the situation of, you know, you become a, a spiritual leader and you, you start building an ego around that. And mm-hmm. then you experience a lot of friction, you know, like, I don't know if you watch the, um, the teleseries, uh, the Osho one. Mm. So Osho is a, a great spiritual leader uh, that taught, taught yeah. love. Yeah. And, um, they build a a community in uh, Oregon and I I highly recommend it. It's on Netflix for anyone Mm. on a spiritual path because Mm. it, it basically shows how the egoic patterns can show up at any time on the path. Mm. And so you have to be vigilant. And one way to be vigilant is basically to say, look, this is my bubble. Like my, it's my universe. And everything in it is a, is a signal for me, right? It's about, mm-hmm. it's all about getting awareness, which is the center of my being to mm-hmm. awaken to itself. Mm-hmm. So I need to take all of it as a signal, a message for me. Because if, if, if you don't do that, like you, you can have situations like Osho where yes, he has great teachings, but that whole thing that completely like it became a clusterfuck right because there was a lot of ego present still 
mm. in that environment somehow, right? So, and I think that that's also one of the risks of psychedelics is if psychedelics become your path, what happens is you have these peak experiences where you experience God consciousness. Mm-hmm. And, and in that, that God consciousness, you, you, so, you realize everything, but then you come back and the ego creates constructs around what it learned. Right. And then these constructs become the lens with which you experience the world. And these constructs are not awareness. They are not God. Hmm. Interesting. These are great takes, JS. This is like, I appreciate the work you're doing in this, in this realm. I mean, it takes uh, radical ownership yeah. of your experience and swallowing that really, right? To just receive everything that's coming at you message wise and otherwise uh i mean i would argue that everything is a message so when you yes find yourself still in this place you're quiet enough to hear them and if you're coming to them from the place that you are doing the work that you're doing you're also open enough to receive them even if they trigger you even if they make your whole body vibrate or shake yes. or tremble or, you <laughs> yes. know, right. Because they do. Right. Yes. Yeah. Um, I often use, you know, surfing and the waves as an analogy because mm-hmm. the waves keep coming. So the work is how we navigate the waves. Do we just take them in the face? Do we, duck under them, you know, until we find the right wave or do we um, align ourselves appropriately to get up on the wave and ride them, right? Yeah. Um, We're meant to do all three, (laughs) right? But at first, I think the catalyst is that you're just uh, taking all the waves in the face, <laughs> right? I think that tends to be a catalyst of going, something's not aligned, right? And I'm curious about why I keep taking all these waves in the face. So you start to do the work to explore you yeah. know, how you're party to that and how you participate in that uh, and how you can improve your relationship with that, right? Because the waves keep coming, just like the messages do, in all yeah. shapes and sizes, and you know, um, yeah, and and as means and and with intentions and purposes, right? Yes, and as you, as, as I've taken responsibility for these patterns that exist in me and and the suffering. Mm-hmm. That it, me and others and I've openly taken responsibility meaning you know you speaking with my business partners and speaking with my wife and my kids mm-hmm. and owning how I, I have been with them and the impact that that has had on their lives I free myself from these patterns and, and what, what happens then is these patterns are no longer there 
So I get to see the world more clearly. So I see more of the messages, right? Mm -hmm. I get closer to the source and I, I become more aware of the world and the way it works. Mm -hmm. so at first, it's limited to my experience with someone. But then at some point, like it's starting to happen now to me is I can see the system. So I see the family system. I see the system at work. I can see system in society when I can actually see the patterns right. that I've healed and how, and, and how that pattern or, or how the, these systems are evolving. And I can even, I can start to predict like what, what's the lesson that needs to be learned here mm -hmm. and what's the suffering that will continue to happen on the way to the, uh, on the way to the, the, the wisdom being acquired by all the people involved in that system. Right. Because right? ultimately, like that system is awareness through the avatars, like all the people that, that play into that system, that is pushing the system to, to get to a point where awareness can, can awaken mm -hmm. more and, and, and understand itself more and, and see itself more. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I mean, the, the way the mystics describe reality is, you know, you have awareness and then you have the universe and, you know, the, the, the ultimate human experience is, is to be the awareness that is aware of the entire universe and, and, and all of its movements, right? right? That's the, the, that's the capacity, but it starts with becoming aware of your breath right and then becoming aware of your thoughts but the journey up is all the way up to god mm -hmm. consciousness now i have not experienced that right so so I'm, I'm this is a story i'm telling right but it's a story that's based on what what i've read about how mystics that have done the full journey talk about the experience of reality mm. and it would take great stillness Yes. <laughs> right. To receive on that kind of level. Yeah. But, but it's really that. like, but it's a mindset, right? So, so, so let's say you're, you had realized or you create a story for yourself that like your life is not about what you accomplish in it. Right. Your life is meant to help you awaken to right. your true nature. Right. Then you can turn everything into an opportunity to learn. Right. So right. like I had this interactions with my partners at work last fall where I sat down with them and I said, look, I, I want all of you to sit with me, nine people. And I want you to tell me what your experience of me is and how I'll make you feel. And I'm going to sit there and I will not judge you for it. I, I will. I, this is a gift for me. Mm -hmm. And so, so we did that for a couple hours. So how did that start? Did everybody kind of look at each other around the room and go, yes. Like, well, who wants, who wants to go first? <laughs> right. And then like that, that's how it started. So, so, yeah. you know, like they were all like, well, wait a second. Um, but then one person said something. Right. And, um, and you know, and I think that was like, you know, JS, like um, I, I hear about, other like other people come to me and say what happened with JS like he's so spiritual and he's like a guru like how can you be a partner with him mm -hmm. so that was the first thing 
which wasn't really about her, but, it, but, it, but still that broke the ice. And then the other guy says, JS, I'm scared of you. So I was like, okay, like, wow. And, and then like for two hours it went on, like, and they, they keep going at it. And it was such a gift. Right, sure. I learned so much yeah. about some of these patterns that were still in, in me mm-hmm. that I wasn't aware of. And, and like my relationship with these, these beautiful humans has dramatically improved as a result because their experience is true. Now it's true in their bubble, but it is their experience of me. So, so, I mean, they're not making this up and being able to treat it as that, to, to not take it as a criticism, but taking it in as a, a learning mm-hmm. um, is, is beautiful work. And, and that's why like, you know, in my life, the decision that I've made is to stay in the fire. So even though my work environment was very difficult for me, mm-hmm. I chose to stay in it instead mm-hmm. of leaving mm-hmm. so that I can learn from it mm-hmm. because it's a beautiful mirror for me. Mm-hmm. And I've learned immensely for it, like from it. it it's, it's crazy. And I'm still learning. It's, mm-hmm. it's this beautiful thing. Same with my wife, like my relationship with my wife was extremely difficult for me, Mm -hmm. but it was difficult for me because I was never truly authentic with her. Mm -hmm. So I created all these constructs. Like my wife, my wife is like, it's my mother wound, you know, like it goes Mm -hmm. all the way down to to there. Mm -hmm. And you know what? Like she has, she has decided herself to stay in this relationship as well. Mm -hmm. Right. And go through all of this suffering and then the awakening and now the other suffering as all of the stuff that I, I hid comes out, right? Like mm. her realizing that she spent her life with someone that really wasn't true to himself. Yeah. Like I wasn't, mm-hmm. I, I, I didn't mean to, to lie to her. I didn't mean to manipulate her by not being authentic, but ultimately that's what I did, right? And, right. but she, she chose to stick with me and we're working through it. And it's like, I'm learning from her every day because I still get triggered every day. Mm-hmm. But every time I get triggered, it's something that I'm holding on to. It's, it's something that limits my ability to awaken to my true self. Hmm. Um, I'm gonna give you a note at least that make sure that in your reflections of your past, yeah, um, to still be gentle with yourself, mm. in that you don't know what you don't know, right? Until you know it. Yes. So it was a necessary part of your journey, right? Oh, yeah. To bring you now here. Yeah. And it's great that she's holding space with you in this and growing with you in the continuance of um, this journey you both share. Mm-hmm. Um, and not blaming you for that or, you know what I mean? Not, not putting any sort of projection necessarily onto that. I think that's, um, 
I think that's great to hear. Because yeah. that's the fear, isn't it? Isn't that part of the fear of authenticity and being authentic is the potential for rejection or otherwise in the vulnerability. I think that's, a, I think that's a thing. I think that, uh, I see you maybe freeze again, but if you're still with me, no, I'm here. Yeah. Well, then you're very still, uh, <laughs> which I respect. <laughs> yeah. I feel that, uh, I feel that that's a thing. That's part of the block. I'll reflect on that myself on where that, you know, mm-hmm. where that source, that observation, but, um, but it's nice in your path that's being received that way. And it's really interesting to hear your integration into the boardroom. Yes. Uh, with these approaches and philosophies. Yeah. Because I also started on this path of shifting and um, listening and shedding and, and learning and... Um, observing you know the work i also got a lot of that comment reflected from you know an entire industry and um and still do you know in different degrees it affects me differently now i released it at the time because i was operating true to myself so i you know that it's coming is uncomfortable, but for me, there was nowhere else, you know, to go. This is it. So if it's, if it's not accepted, it just, you know, in my surroundings, it's a strong reflection, but there's nowhere for me to go because this is actually me, you know, shedding some of these layers and exploring, right? So it was like, yeah. it was bumpy in that. And it still has its, its times and occasions. And, you know, I can be perceived that way. And, um, and uh, it's, it's a real thing. But I feel more authentic now than ever. Mm. And there's more work in that, you know, regard to do for me as well. Uh, but once you start, right? I feel that you're tuned in and I feel that it's so rewarding doing the work. It just, there's a great joy and peace and comfort in growing through this, you know, this work yeah. and on this path that uh, it adds a lot of value, you know, to yourself mm-hmm. and others and the world and doing it. Right. So um, it's very cool. It's very cool. I respect. I respect your journey. There's something Thanks, on the tip of your. There's something on the tip of your lips there. What do you? What would you like to share? Well, what I've learned, and th- this has been my experience, is that when I when I experience friction with someone else by being, uh, or by like sharing my journey, or by being spiritual, or by trying mm-hmm. to guide them. Mm-hmm. There's friction there. Mm. It, it is because I am attached to something. Sure. Right. So, so the, um, and and I think that's in part why I have not done any public speaking to mm-hmm. talk about this topic because 
I feared that I like whatever I would communicate with people would not meet them necessarily where they are, mm-hmm. which is ultimately what I want to do. I want, I want to meet people where they are mm-hmm. so that they can make their next step on their path. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that, that to me, that has been something that I feared I would not be able to do in public. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, mm-hmm. But what, what I'm learning is that even if now I want to be very careful about, about the way I say this, because like, like ultimately I think that we all get through the experience of life. We all get where we're supposed to get to make the next step. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we may become, we may be aware of it. Sometimes we're not. Mm-hmm. If we're not, then it keeps showing up until, until we, we become aware of it, right? And, mm-hmm. and the, the message gets louder and louder in our, in our consciousness, in our life. Mm-hmm. Um, so so I, I, I try not to judge myself too much. You know, like, like the way I described my past, like I'm able to say that without feeling bad because like ultimately it is true. Mm-hmm. And being able to own it, allows me to free myself from it mm-hmm. be able to help someone else also free themselves from how that pattern is showing up in their lives. And if I try to make excuses, well, then I, I'm, I haven't really freed myself from it. And I'm still mm-hmm. judging myself for having been that, you know, for having behaved that way. Um, so, so when I, when I speak with people, um, and, and, and that's something that I've, I've become better at is I, I just try to be and listen mm-hmm. and, and just hold space and be present with them and then trust that whatever they need to hear will come out. Mm-hmm. And, and then like if, and, and whatever they need to experience, they will experience. So if there is friction in the interaction, then I will know that there was a, there was a pattern present in me and in them that needed to be healed in that moment. And that they ser- their role in that interaction was to serve me, mm-hmm. to see that pattern and me to serve them in seeing the pattern. Now they may get frustrated. They may, they may say things about me, they may do whatever, mm-hmm. but that's okay. It's just part of that process. Mm-hmm. And I, I just have to trust that there is a much higher consciousness pure awareness, you may call it, mm-hmm. or God, mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. has just engineered this thing and it's just unfolding and I'm just a pond in it. Right. You know, and all I have to do is do my best and have the best intentions and, and you know, and, and go with it and own the friction, right? Like, because I, I could just say, oh, you know, he's tri- like, that's like, he's not ready, his consciousness is so-and-so and not look at the trigger, uh, the friction as something that I own. Mm. But the moment you own that friction, then like that, that is behaving in harmony with the type of consciousness that I want to inhabit. And uh, it, it becomes a learning experience. That's cool. As within, uh, as without, I'll say, which is, yes, it's a dance. External 
Yes. And internal. It is. You know, you're co-creating. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And, and then like you talked about integration in the boardroom earlier, like it, it's really about integrating this uh, mindset into every moment of your life. Mm-hmm. Like, so you don't have identities. You're just the same one person. Mm-hmm. And what I've realized, and there was fear in that at the beginning is that a business environment, you can still bring truth in a business environment and vulnerability and compassion Mm-hmm. and abundance and all of these words, radical openness, like all of these things can exist in business and they don't, do not impact negatively six financial success. You know, it, they actually reduce risk. Like they reduce the team dynamics, right? Risk. And, and it, it just, it creates more harmony and flow. You know, people mm-hmm. use a, that word flow, Mm-hmm. where you can have groups of people working together towards a common goal. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, flow is about higher states of consciousness, right? That's mm-hmm. what flow is about. Mm-hmm. If you can create flow in the business um, and that business can be in harmony with its community, in harmony with its customers, its suppliers, its mm-hmm. shareholders, the planet, mm-hmm. nature, like, that business would be the most successful business in the world that the world mm. had ever seen. Mm. You find that the entrepreneurs and the companies you're, you're working with, I mean, you're actively, are you still? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I'm very active. I'm, I'm working with uh, a, about a dozen companies uh, yeah. Right now. Yeah. And I'm, I'm going to, one of the things that I want to do is, is um, like I'm, I'm taking some time, so I'm, I'm remaining a partner at Real, but I'm, I'm going to free up some time to work with other entrepreneurs that we're not investors in. Mm. And, and really my, my intention there is, you know, to work with entrepreneurs that are, you know, building uh, or leaders. So th- the companies could be a little bit more mature, but work with people who want, like who wants to, who want to realize their higher self. Mm-hmm and and want to live in harmony with it in every aspect of their lives Mm. and i want to i want to support them in that uh in that journey Mm. Uh, and and really the way i work with entrepreneurs now is is really it's two end of the spectrum so there's the all right let's let's imagine let's have a vision for the world Mm -hmm. right let's have a vision for my place in that world who am i like when I, when I die, how do I want people to talk about me, mm-hmm. right? Not, not from the things that I've succeeded at, but more how, how was I like? Mm-hmm. You know, was I peaceful? Was I compassionate? Mm-hmm. Was I vulnerable and honest and open? And mm-hmm. so, so, so you paint a picture of your, the vision of yourself mm-hmm. and the vision of the world. Mm-hmm. And then from there, you build your mission statement for a person. So how does that version of you manifest mm-hmm. in all of your identity. So how mm-hmm. does that manifest as an entrepreneur, if that's what you are, or as an artist, if that's what you are, or as a husband or as a parent. Mm-hmm. Um, but then your creation, the company, well, what's the mission of the company? Mm-hmm. And make, make sure that that mission of the company is in alignment with your own personal mission and your own vision for yourself and for the world. 
And then from there, what are the values and operating principles for you and for the business? So mm. what are the rules of engagement, like the, the way you serve that need to, to be uh, monitored and need to be honored for you to realize the mission and the vision, mm -hmm. right? And then how do you apply these to every aspect of the business, mm -hmm. every aspect of your life? So, you know, every business process, every strategy you have, you know, the way you treat customers, the way you treat suppliers, the way you build product, mm. like all of that stuff, right? So, mm -hmm. so that's one way. So that, and I call that more of the top down mm -hmm. way. So it's, it's like creating a new belief system mm -hmm. that is in harmony with this, this, um, this higher self of yours. Mm. Um, but then the other is just to say, all right, we've got an issue. We got a problem. Um, I'm struggling with my board. I'm struggling with this person. I can't communicate mm -hmm. with them. And then, I, and then I will bring the love perspective, the awareness perspective. Mm -hmm. And I'll say, okay, so let's assume that the friction you're experimenting, you're causing it somehow. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm not saying you are, I'm not saying you're wrong, but let's just do this exercise of self-awareness. Mm -hmm. So look into yourself for this thing that you're seeing in the other person. Like, can, can you get there, right? Like try mm -hmm. to be peaceful and, and then I'll, I'll get people to think about, you know, what their fears are, what their needs are, like what, what the, their judgments are of others, like the, mm -hmm. like, so, so there's a lot of self-awareness work, mm -hmm. um, but then applying it to business situations. And so, so I have a number of entrepreneurs who, that I work with who, who wouldn't say they're on the spiritual path, but they have started to use these love principles in their business. Mm -hmm. And they're getting great results, so they want more and they're doing more. And that works too, right? So. So I, I, I want to be able to serve the, the entrepreneurial mystic right. um, or the guy who just wants to build a great business and have fun with it and be happy and have a great impact in the world and not mm -hmm. end up building a business that society will, like, will judge in the future because it, it, you know, like a Facebook, for example, that is doing great stuff, mm -hmm. but there's also a lot of uh, byproducts that are not so good that yeah. I am convinced um, Zuckerberg, when he started the business, didn't think of Facebook being bad for humanity in any kind of way. No, I would agree with that. Yeah. But, but he didn't ask himself the question yeah. of what the potential impact could be. Right. And had he asked himself that question or had one of his board members suggested that to him, well, then he would, he would have had a different level of awareness and mm -hmm. how he was making decisions and maybe incorporate a bigger uh, stakeholder group or, or the collective in thinking about what the impacts of that the company could have on humanity. Right. And that's all I want to help entrepreneurs do. Right. But difficult, but, difficult with a large company like that, that, that kind of grows at the rate they did and brings on, you know, quite a diverse shareholder base and things like that. Would you, would you suggest not to like necessarily delve into like that whole world, but I would say that carrying that flag as companies grow, it's, it's great when it's 
in the early stage to seed those principles. Yeah. But trying to apply them later on can cause, let's stay on theme, <laughs> you know, yeah. can, can reveal friction for sure because of the different principles of your shareholder base. Uh, I would, yeah. I would suggest, right. It presents some challenges probably. So, so the way I see it, uh, and you know, this is a, this is a story, but I'm, I'm sort of looking at it through the, the lens of my own experiences. Mm. Like I think, or, or, or the, the human experience. So I think if you have a child who is yet to live in the world, become awakened, well, that's, that's probably a lot easier to do, right? It's probably a lot easier to awaken a child than it is to awaken an adult. Right. Because that child has yet to build interactions with the world and, and mm. he has yet to create suffering. But the awakening of a child, like the impact of that is different because yes, that child, like you can have an, um, an enlightened child and that child would impact the lives of the people around them but their impact in the world is not as, as big because they're not in, they're not involved in, in a lot of constructs of social institutions or right. So they're not a, an NBA star or they're not the CEO of Facebook or so, so, so it is easier, but the impact is not as great. Like mm. when you look at an adult, like if you look at my the example of my life, for example, like mm. my transformation is forcing some form of transformation into all of my relationships. Right. Like I'm forcing people to react to me in right. a way. Right. And now, so, so, so the impact is a lot bigger than I, if I had awakened as a child. Now, if I had awakened as a child and lived my entire life enlightened, then of course my impact would have been bigger. And mm. I think that's why it's important to work with I want to work with entrepreneurs starting businesses because if one of them is building the next Facebook and he lives from, you know, from these principles, then the impact mm -hmm. on humanity will be massive. Mm -hmm. That being said, if, if the leader of one of these massive companies has an awakening mm -hmm. and chooses to not change his life, so to not go in the mountain, but to actually transform his business and use it as a force of good, the impact that that would have on humanity would be massive. Right. And I, I would love to support someone on that path. And, mm -hmm. and, and you know, like you look at, um, you, you know, we were, we've been talking about Facebook, but you know, Facebook has made enlightened decisions in his history. Like one, for example, was, to not get into dating as a business model. Mm. Now that, that decision was a decision based on creating future value, right? Because if, if you limit yourself to dating, then you're limited to that market and the right. dating platform would struggle to become a marketing platform. Right. But, but still like there was an enlightened decision there that mm. enabled Facebook to become what it is today. But mm. there could have been another decision, which could have been, you know what, like I've studied Freud and consumerism and I've realized that what marketing and advertising is really about manipulating human behavior. 
Right. And, and I wonder if that's ethical and that's right. And, and where, where that leads society mm -hmm. and what is the ultimate business model for something like the platform that we have. Mm -hmm. And I am, I'm convinced that like there's a different business model for Facebook that is not advertising. Mm. And you know, like now I, I I'm not going to say exactly what it is. Like there, there is no point, but sure. there, uh -huh. there is, there is a fate like, because imagine if Facebook was about helping people awakened to mm -hmm. their true nature, mm -hmm. like people would pay money for that. Mm -hmm. People would pay a lot of money for that. People pay like there's billions of dollars being spent on personal growth. Mm -hmm. So all of that could have been funneled through Facebook. Mm -hmm. And maybe that is a bigger market as society evolves. You know, we have COVID now that bring, brings a lot of stress to people. Mm -hmm. Like maybe that market is going to be massively bigger than the advertising market. Mm -hmm. Right. And maybe Facebook could be a $10 trillion company instead of a $500 billion company. Mm. That, but that's the point, right? So my, my point is, the point I'm trying to make is, I think you never lose anything mm. by investing in self-awareness mm. and that we will see the evolution of society where there will be companies and there's still, there already are some that are bring some of these principles, you know, in, in, in the way that they, they build their business mm -hmm. and, and that there will be a transition and that we will see, um, like we will see a capitalism that is more in harmony with the entire planet and creates abundance for, for all. Hmm. So there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of friction yeah. out there right now. There's a lot of uh, transformation, a lot of reflection yes. through COVID and all of this. Like it's, it's showing us a lot of, uh, you know, inefficiencies, right? Probably the best mm -hmm. word about how we're all operating and, um, and collaborating and uh, working together where mm -hmm. we are, where we aren't, you know, strengths and weaknesses and what's possible. Yeah. I tend to agree it's a catalyst through this for us to reconsider a lot of things. Yeah. And I don't know if it's for us to paint necessarily that entire picture from this conversation, but it's the seed that's sown, it feels to me. It just, for my part personally, it's definitely mirrored a lot of things back yeah. that I should see yes. through this, you know, through this experience this year. Um, which is then acting as a catalyst for me, which is then bringing people like us together, you know, to have mm. conversations like this and, you know, share these ideas and spread awareness and, uh, you know, and so on and so forth. And now you're not just pulling this out of the sky either. Uh, you know, as a co-founder of Rio, as yes. an example, to qualify some of your perspectives uh, here, um, 
you've invested with your group over 200 early stage companies. Yeah. Um, over the years. And over like 300 million approximately like under management, give or take. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So like, you know, those who know, know, and those who don't know now know that you guys aren't just in your garage to green with most traps, <laughs> though that is the spirit for yeah. sure. Right. I yeah. mean, that is the spirit, but that's not, you know, you're not pulling this just out of the, out of the sky. These are, um, these are trained and astute observations of that world as well. And it's very cool to hear them mm. through this lens of awareness as well. Well, look, like ultimately the world that we live in right now is the world that was dreamed by other human beings that came before us. Right. So like we are the makers of our society, of our, of our humanity, of our world. Yeah. So all we have to do to build a different world is to shift our mindset and then that world will get built. Mm. We just have to do it. So let's touch on that maybe a minute without painting the whole thing, but let's yeah. touch on that, you know, in this thread here, I think it, it still adds value and it's, it's important. What areas these days kind of, you know, themes, trends, and similar, do you feel we should apply more attention to? And maybe as a dovetail on this question, um, what suggestions do you have for, you know, the future leaders and the up and coming leaders and, you know, early stage entrepreneurs who yeah. are in their garage listening to this right now, um, maybe burning some sage with the quartz crystal in the corner, but at the same time spinning around this mousetrap going like, what is my purpose? And, you know, yeah. What are we going to do and you know how do i uh, contribute in a meaningful way through their visions to the world and with the yeah. world what are, your, what are your thoughts on some of those questions sure it's a great they're valuable question. they're valuable i feel i feel they just yeah, it's, it's a great question so to me to me when i look at our society and i'm going to give you a long a long-winded answer so please bear with me. Bring it, holding um, space. So, you know, I appreciate it. To me, it. like, I look at our society and there's a lot of great things about it. You know, like the, the condition of most humans living on the planet are, are, would make kings of the 16, 1700s, like, die with envy. Mm -hmm. And so, so there's a lot of great things about humanity and, and, the, the technologies that we've built and the, the, the constructs of social institutions we've built. And, but the reason why I think, and I'm starting to experience that we live in the world that has so much, um, right. There's all this greatness to it, but then there's also all this friction, like this, this, all these, like, why are there still a billion people that are starving? Why are there still, um, you know, a, a billion people that don't have anything, any money to live on, right. That are, that are living on like a few dollars a day. Mm -hmm. um, 
why do we have so many people dying of cancer and diabetes and heart attacks where these diseases are behavior-based diseases, mm-hmm. right? Like you just have to change our lifestyle to not have them. Mm-hmm. Like, so, so these are all things that are hard to explain, right? Mm-hmm. And my story is that our world is like that because of our, our consciousness, because mm-hmm. of our egoic fear-based consciousness, because mm-hmm. we believe that we, I, we are humans that are separate from everything else. Mm-hmm. And we don't see the unity that we are ultimately as, a, as awareness. Mm-hmm. So to me, like we don't have to build new technologies or new things or, or invest in spirituality per se. Like all we have to do is change our consciousness. Mm. So we have to bring back or bring in a, a, a moral framework of some kind that is tied to some of the mystical traditions, not religion per se, but more getting people to ask themselves, who am I really? Like deep self-awareness uh, and not just, not just as a mind experiment, but as a, as a um, deep um, stillness you know, sitting in meditation type experience. What am I? So how does who am I manifest in the world? And then how do I serve? Which is the operating principle, so that moral framework that I use to experience the world in my moment-to-moment experience. And, and if people do this work, like ultimately what happens is it, it, it all is relatable to what you know, things like love consciousness or, or, or like Buddhism and, and the, the, the deep, um, the, um, well, you know, really what the mystical traditions talk about. So stuff like compassion and kindness and sympathy and authenticity and vulnerability and openness and responsibility and all of these words that defines way of being, the how we are in the world come to light. That's what people want to be. So let's just continue to do what we're doing, but by applying these principles to them. So let's not throw capitalism in the garbage, but, but instead let's apply this different perspective to us and say, okay, so how does capitalism evolve from where it is now with these principles? Mm-hmm. How does a technology company evolve with these principles. Mm-hmm. And, and I think if we start doing that, and we don't need to do that at society scale, we can do that one company at a time. We can do that one community at a time. We can do that you know, one social institution at a time. We can even do that one person at a time. Because once that starts to happen, once one person in an environment start behaving that way, the whole thing changes. Because you cannot not change mm-hmm. as a result. Because like, by being true in an environment, you force the truth in that environment. You force everyone to be truthful. Right. It just, it, 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 there's no other way. Because like, love is more powerful than fear. Mm-hmm. Like love eats fear for breakfast. Mm. And that's because fear is, is, is like... Fear does not exist in love. So, so 
what I invest in, and, and I think that's the way real is also evolving, is, is less about, like I'm interested in deep tech, like deep tech because I, I want to invest in societal shifting companies. Right. But that's just my personal interest. Right. The, the thing where, where um, you know, real and, and, and I are, are aligned is, um, is the way to build these companies. So how do we support entrepreneurs to be true to themselves as they build their company? Mm. To, to me, that's the role that we play at Real, and that's the role I want to play is I want to be there side by side with an entrepreneur who's like, you know what? I, I don't know how to do this. I'm scared shitless to do this, like to, to, mm. to bring this type of framework or morality or, or, or love into, into building my company, mm. but it feels right and I want to do it. Then I want to be there to, to, to support them on that journey so that they, are, they have the courage to make the next step. And it's, it's one step at a time, right? Mm. Um, but but that, that's what I think is the most important thing that's happening in business now. I mean, there's a movement called conscious leadership mm-hmm. that people use. And, and I would look at conscious leadership as sort of the, that's the entry level, right? Of, of bringing more of that, all of these words that I, I've used, uh, that we've used over the course of this, this uh, interview, this, this conversation. Right. Um, but there's a great book called The 15 Commitments of Conscious Leadership. There's mm. another one called the meaning revolution. Um, and both of these, and, and there's many others, but those are two that I've, I've read. And these two, like, like they, they sort of give you tools mm-hmm. to start behaving that way. Mm-hmm. And, you know, these are consultants that, you know, they're earning a good living and, and they're big companies that are dabbling with these concepts right now. Mm. Um, and, and experimenting and exploring how to they are right apply them and integrate them and similar yeah because like mm. why not like if you can build a company that is completely harmonious harmonious with with the collective right i mean why not right yeah it's a high vibrating achievement if you can pull it off for sure yeah and there's no and, doubt and and it's you know it, it's hard but then it's not, you know, like um, mm-hmm. I, I'll, I'll, I'll give you an example of a large one. You know, if you look at, um, let's say, uh, Apple. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Apple makes phones and, you know, they've done a great thing, I think, recently to help elevate self-awareness of the people who use the phone by sending you this report every week about how many hours you spend on the phone every day. I don't know if you, you have that feature or not. So I get it every week and it tells me how many hours I've spent on my phone every day. Okay. That's, that's a great way to get me to, to be like, wait a second, like, should I be spending 12 hours a day on my phone? Right. Um, probably not. Now, they don't judge you, right? They just, they just point it out to you, right? right. So, so, so to me, that's a, great, that's a great feature. But another thing that, that Facebook could do, like this, these phones that they make, they make them like a lot of them are being made in, in manufacturing companies that don't treat their people so well. Mm. And these manufacturing companies, they, they use 
um, like metals. And it's unclear, like there's a lot of stuff being said about how these, um, these metals are, are mined mm. and that maybe children are involved and maybe there's slavery mm. involved. Like, you know, now I'm, I don't right. know if the, I don't know if any of these things are facts or not. I'm not saying they are. Well, whether they're facts today or not is a question in some regions and places, but yeah. that they were the case is certainly, I don't think that's. But, but the point new. I'm making is if they, if, if um, Apple today, because Apple right. today is the most valuable company in the world. Right. And they, they have hundreds of billions of dollars on the balance sheet. They're super profitable. So if, they, if, if uh, Apple today said, you know what? We're going to be radically responsible for our impact on humanity. Mm -hmm. And they basically said, we're going to use a portion of the money that we make or that we've made to um, treat every single person that touches our product mm -hmm. the same way. So whoever mines the ore mm -hmm. will get paid proportionally what someone who helps make the phone proportionally in living in San Jose makes. Mm. Like that would be a blip for them. Like it would increase right. like they would reduce their margins by, by, by very little. Right. But, but it would, it would start like the, the shift that this would have, that we are responsible for our footprint. Right. Like imagine if they started doing that, the impact that it would have on capitalism, mm -hmm. like it would radically change. And that's not a, like, it's a money decision. It is a taking responsibility for, not being like that, right? right. Of course, but right. still, like, it's doable. Apple would not die as a result, right? Like, their stock price may dip a little bit, but then it will go back up because everyone would want to use their product because they could trust them, right? Be quite the ripple. But but ultimately, that's what this is about, right? Like, it's mm -hmm. it's just about being true and owning your bullshit. Right. Yeah. Right. And and we all have yeah, this at a micro, you know, at a micro and a macro level. Yeah. Right. At an individual and a collective level. Yeah. So yeah. I don't know, maybe I'm an optimist, but I I I think it's happening. Like, and uh, I'm I don't know I don't know if I will see it in my in this lifetime. Right. But I you know I'm going to contribute to it. And all I have to do is continue to work on myself. So deepen that self-awareness, that realization of being awareness path, mm -hmm. and then continue to be in the world in the highest vibration or consciousness that I have access to. Mm -hmm. And then when I'm not learn from it mm -hmm. and own it. And share it. Yeah. You know, share it and help seed and integrate it elsewhere where appropriate. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> it's so great, man. It's so great to hear this story and, and journey and these inspirations and, um, you know, the focus of your work and, uh, and how you're just seeding and, and sharing these insights and helping others grow and develop with, 
with them, uh, you know, with them imbued in their paths as well. It's awesome. Thank you. It's awesome. Um, we've been going at it here, diving into this stuff. It's, it's terrific. I'm sure, um, you know, our viewers and listeners are really going to dig uh, this conversation. Is there anything as we kind of uh, tie it together, we can always revisit and come back and circle around and not too long and all that good stuff, uh, you know, and unpack some of these ideas some more, but, um, you know, is there anything else you wanted to share kind of in tying it all together, wrapping, wrapping up our, our chat a little bit? Um, yeah. Um, people to know are here. Maybe, maybe I can share what, what has worked for me and what I've sort of become the first principles of, of my experience and sure. they, these may resonate with people or not. And, you know, and, and if they don't, that's perfectly fine. Like, I think, I think we all have our own bubble, our own universe, mm -hmm. our own realm. Mm -hmm. And we are the masters of that realm. Mm -hmm. And what works in one place may not work in another. Um, yeah. Yeah. But like, this notion of I am not JS, but I am this awareness or the spiritual being that experiences like all of reality. Mm. Um, that is something that at the beginning for me was a belief and then turned into a realization. Mm. And now the rest of my journey is to deepen that realization, right? So I'm not, I've not realized that I'm awareness completely and I've not realized that I am, I can, I am the universe, but the realization is deeper than it was before. And, mm -hmm. and to me, the only way to truly get on this path for me, right. Is, was this, the, the meditation. So it was to change my experience of my moment to moment experience mm -hmm. to be from that place of awareness. Mm -hmm. and, and, and to get there, you need concentration and equanimity. So you need concentration and the peace to not react to what's happening in, like in your life and be able to observe mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. So you can detect friction when there is, and, and, or you can be in flow when you are in flow and mm -hmm. be at peace and remain at peace. So, I deeply like, so I, I highly recommend a meditation practice that becomes something you take in your moment to moment experience. And you can call it presence, awareness, whatever it is. But again, to me, meditation is not something we do. Meditation is something we are. Mm. It's a big point. That's important. Yeah. So, so, so now it's not something we are at the beginning, mm -hmm. but it's something that we work on at the beginning so that we can be at some point. Mm-hmm. And when you, and when you become meditation, then, then it's, it's done. Like, cause everything just happens, right? It, it just, it naturally deepens if, and then it, it's combining that with the moral framework, which, you know, you could call love consciousness or, um, you know, which is all these words, um, you know, compassion and vulnerability and truth and responsibility. And for me, the most important one of all of these that I I'm keeping and I'm holding on to is radical responsibility. Mm. 
So it's this notion that every moment of friction I experience, every triggering moment Mm -hmm. is a learning experience for me. Mm -hmm. It is not about the other. It is about me. Mm -hmm. And in that moment, there is wisdom for me to acquire if I can see the pattern that is in me that has created this experience. And when you combine that, which is really, I mean, you can look at that as shadow work, right? Because it's, it's looking deep into yourself. So combining that with the investment in presence and awareness, like these two things, in my view, is all, is, these are the first principles of the path. These are the two things that people need to get all the way there. And they're, they're like, so, to, you know, there's, so to, it's not a lot of s- stuff to remember, right? And no, no, they keep, there's strong pillars. There's no doubt. There's strong pillars, right? So, yeah. so, so if, if, if there's only two things that you get out of this, this, this interaction is mm. ready to sort of make this, to do this work, like investing in these two things, I think is, is, uh, is, is, uh, is really great. Um, I would say the, the, um, the other point I would want to emphasize again is that like, because things have been going on a certain way doesn't mean that they can't change and they can change if you change. Like you don't have to worry about what other people are doing or what the world is doing or what I've realized through my experience is that all I have to do is work on myself because ultimately I am my consciousness. So Mm. I am everything in my consciousness. So if I show up in my consciousness as love, Mm. then every interaction that I have with my consciousness will be love. And as a result, all of my interactions and the other people or the systems that I interact with will become more love as a result. Mm. So we can build the world that we want. We just have to be true to ourselves and have the courage to show up as something that people may not be expecting or something that the world isn't at this time. But that doesn't mean that the world can't be that. Or won't become that. You know, it's like... I mean, isn't that's like, that's the spirit of early stage, isn't it? Yes. You see something that isn't yet. And you see something that 10 years from now could be yeah, that maybe the, no one's thinking of. Or, the internet did or, not exist like 25, whatever years ago. Right. And now right. it's everywhere in our lives. These, these phones, we didn't have them. Like the iPhone came up in 2007. Right. Everywhere. Billions of people are on Facebook, like on Instagram. All these things did not exist. Now, yeah. you could say their technologies or their... their um, you know, things that people do, but why can't you do that to a way of being? Right. Like, like no one, like no one says you can't do it. Right. So just do it. Right. You are it, be it from that. That will it have just happens. and that will roll and yeah, it will connect and collectively will evolve that way. Yeah. I think that's where we're headed also. I mean, it's part of why you and I are here 
and uh, having this conversation, but it's also, um, yeah, we're just picking up those vibes as much as we're doing this work, we're, we're picking it up, it's in the air, right? Play alchemist, tip our hat to them as, you know, the camp, how we met and uh, what a great example, right? Of a yeah. space where a number of people are coming together from all over the world to connect and mm -hmm. share ideas like this and explore them and bring them back to wherever they came from, <laughs> mm -hmm. you know? Awesome, man. This has been a great chat. I think, uh, I think we've really, uh, we've really dove in and, and uh, explored and revealed and shared and, um, offered some value to uh, viewers and listeners today that uh, I feel they can take away and tip their hat to you for the insights and wisdom. So thanks for being here, brother. I appreciate it very much. Thank you for having me. I really enjoyed it. And I'm, I'm, I'm like I said, this is the fir like first public thing. So I don't yeah. know if, if your, your listeners, um, uh, comment your work but i'd love to hear feedback and um and, and not just the positive feedback like some of the the maybe the friction that people have experienced as well so that i can learn from it too yeah for sure well, i'll be happy to share that and uh beautiful you know you'll have a small window here if if people are viewing and listening this it means uh you went to sleep tonight and you woke up the next day and still felt good about <laughs> everything you shared. So you have a window. Um, no, I'm, I'm good, actually. You, you can go with it. Thank you kindly. Yeah. yeah. I feel it's outstanding. It's, uh, it's terrific uh, insight. And um, I greatly appreciate it. So we'll circle back. We'll do this again, you know, uh, once all this has had time to marinate and explore how these ideas... Uh, you know, uh, and experiences have evolved um, for you and uh, carry on. And you and I will keep the conversations going off to the side in the, in the meantime anyways, I'm sure. So it's great, man. JS, Corner Yay, uh, Real Ventures, uh, a wizard awakening, doing amazing things, raising the vibration around the world and helping uh, the next generation of, uh, of leaders and even this generation of leaders, uh, you know, uh, provide deeper impact and affect greater and greater change while at the same time growing and evolving on his own path. So uh, thanks for being here again, brother. I hope you all enjoyed it. Uh, we'll be back again with uh, some more Mindful Ways uh, insights and wisdom as we uh, flow and go. Um, but this has been awesome, inspiring, and uh, I thank you again and we'll uh we'll chat with you all soon. Thank you.